Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Scott McLaughlin's co-drive decision. Why supercars must become a summer sport. Rossi Fever how he'll transform the Bathurst 12-hour from boutique to big. And driver coaching comes of age at last. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Well, it's the end of the year, but the news doesn't stop. As we head into the holidays, Coca-Cola is confirmed as Erebus Motorsports' new title sponsor. Coke is replacing Boost Mobile, upping its backing in supercars to both Erebus Camaros. The soft drink giant's iconic red and white livery returned in 2020 with Chris Pither, but next year it'll be a serious contender with Brody Kostecki and Will Brown. Coca-Cola is a major global consumer brand and its move to a high-profile team is significant. Erebus is also in the running to receive support from Caltex, looking to return to supercars on a regular basis as part of its nationwide rebrand. Late last week, it was confirmed that MotoGP legend Valentino Rossi will compete in the Bathurst 12-hour in early February. That's huge news, and we'll have expert reaction later in the show. Last week, we revealed that Triple Eight had targeted Scott McLaughlin to replace Garth Tander as Shane Van Gisbergen's co-driver in next year's Enduros. Now, it was always a long shot, and we can now confirm that McLaughlin has declined the offer. Too many complications and potential clashes with Scotty's American commitments. But we're hearing that McLaughlin will return for the Bathurst 1000 as a TV commentator. He made such a good impression on the Adelaide 500 broadcast that Supercars is keen to give him a bigger role at Bathurst. And speaking of Scott McLaughlin, his new Aussie Sprint Car Speedway team made an impressive debut at Premier Raceway in Warrnambool in southwestern Victoria on Saturday. World of Outlaws star James McFadden finished second first time out in his Napa Auto Parts winged V8 dirt racer which is owned by a band of media and sports personalities. It's the brainchild of Warrnambool-born racing enthusiast Tim Hodges, who is also a leading TV sports show producer. Hodges brought together McLaughlin, Richmond AFL star Jack Rewalt, and top sports broadcaster Jared Wakeley and Napa to back his dream to win the grand annual Sprint Car Classic. And so far, so good. Uh, yeah, it was a, a really promising start for the team for 
for James to have his first run. It's been a couple of months since he was last in the car in the States and this is a brand new car and brand new team and a uh, brand new bunch of blokes that he's working with. So um, uh, time trial wasn't super, um, but uh, he dug himself a little bit of a hole, but he was able to dig himself out of it with a great run in the feature. It just goes to show the class of the bloke to drive through the field from 14th to second. And um, uh, if there wasn't a, a yellow late, we might have been a sneaky chance to win the thing. According to Hodges, Scott McLaughlin's involvement and that of the other high-profile partners is much more than ceremonial. Yeah, so Scotty is totally invested in it. Um, we did look at for a, a time to see if we could actually put him in the car, but uh, unfortunately that Fenske contract is pretty watertight that says no dirt track activity, so um, he's not allowed to be in it. But, um, yeah, I love the fact that he's yeah he's invested. He wants to know everything about it. He wanted pictures of the, of the car's build. Um, you know, he wanted to know what the transport is like. Like, he's... Um, uh, and then what was wrong in the time trial? Like, what happened? Why, why were we ninth in, in the time trials after we were fastest in hot laps? So, um, yeah, he's right into it. So it's cool. It's cool to, to have that with him. Uh, unfortunately, you know, obviously he's got his Daytona 24-hour drive, which is unfortunately the same weekend as the Classic. The Classic is a week later this year. Um, so he won't be there at Premier Speedway. Um the, the, you know, I'll be honest, the, the likelihood of him being there was probably pretty slim anyway. But, um, you know, Jack Rewalt will be there and oh, that would be cool for that'd be cool for the team. But it'd be also cool for the event to have a, you know, he is one of the most recognisable faces in AFL football. And he's a huge motorsport fan. You know, he's been up to the Gold Coast, he's been to Bathurst, he's been to Sandown. Like he loves motorsport and he loves his connection with Scott. And Jared Waitley as well, who um, I have a lot to do with. Um, you know, he's right in as well, and he's not a motorsport man. So that's what, I don't know, you needed a few elements to make this work, folks. And um, fortunately, uh, a few people have jumped on board, and, and financially as well. Like, it's not just their name. And I know a lot of people probably think it is just their name, but um, they're, they're all financially in on this to help make it happen. Um, I'll work in the media like you folks, but there's not a whole lot of money for us, is there? So um, we don't have enough to, to go and run race teams without uh, a little bit of assistance and and some sponsorship as well. And, and to that part, you know, Napa Auto Parts have been awesome. Um, they're obviously a big sponsor of Speedway in the States. And I love the fact that they're, they're having a crack at, at Speedway here in Australia as well. Hodges is not the first motorsport media personality to try his hand at team ownership. He also revealed that while he has no plans beyond the grand annual at the end of next month, McLaughlin's involvement did inspire a bold ambition. Oh, I have said to McLaughlin, being a bit cheeky, to say, would Roger give us a fourth license and run a let's run a fourth uh, a fourth NASCAR on the streets of Chicago? That does interest me, folks. I reckon Scotty Mac would be something in one of those things around the new street track. Um, Scott's super keen on going to Knoxville, so maybe we could aim there. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's aim small, Miss Small. Let's go for the classic first and see see how we go with that before we make any other other um, other ambitions. Tim Hodges is a racing enthusiast who works at the big end of sports broadcasting. He is the producer of Fox Sports AFL three sixty, starring Jared Waitley. As a senior sports broadcast creator. He is concerned that Supercars doesn't get the mainstream media coverage it deserves. Hodges believes Supercars should switch to a summer season to really make its mark. 
Uh, yeah, yes, it does. And even, I know you used to spend time at the age, folks, like the fact that they didn't have anything after the Adelaide 500 is unbelievably concerning on their Monday newspaper. The Weekend Australian didn't have any. Uh, like I'm a, I'm old school, probably like yourself, folks, that I, I always check the newspapers to see who's who's got supercar coverage. So, yeah, it is a concern. Um, and especially when you stack up the TV numbers, like... Pound for pound, they're every bit as good as certainly cricket. And that's why I, I, um, I think it's a big watch cricket's television deal, what they do next. Um, and if they were to leave Fox Sports, which, um, I mean, I'm a Fox person, I hope they don't. But if they did, then it would really open up the space for a, a summer sport. And I think supercars, I still, still makes me angry. Um, and, and you've been in it longer than I have, folks. I don't understand why supercars continues to run in football season against the might of the AFL and NRL. You just can't compete with those two codes across the country. So, you know, I think they're at their biggest and best across summer. So, yeah, I I reckon it's a watch this space on cricket. Like if if they were to leave Fox, it leaves an an, an enormous hole in their summer sporting schedule. And I would love Supercars to move more towards summer when their biggest events are, you know, from Bathurst and, the Gold Coast and obviously Adelaide and Newcastle starts before the footy starts, um, you know, to, to run as many as you possibly can through summer just makes so much more sense to me. Uh, and especially to get away from footy where you can never compete ratings-wise. Um, uh, now, I'd like to see more of that, but, um, yeah, I'm just a fan at the end of the day. Tim Hodges has an interesting story and views, and you'll hear the full interview in Grant Rowley's Parked Up on Thursday. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. Perhaps the biggest news of the year is that motorcycle racing legend Valentino Rossi will contest the Licumoli Bathurst 12-hour in early February. Rossi will co-drive a factory BMW M4 GT3 and according to the racetalk.com's Richard Crail, anchor of the annual Bathurst 12-hour TV commentary, the Italian superstar's entry will attract unprecedented local interest. I think it's the highest profile driver announcement the event has ever had. And especially locally, I think it takes it to a new level from a, an exposure point of view. It, it gives the event a household name, that outside of a Craig Lowndes, it hasn't had, but it's that international recognition as well. And Rossi's one of those few international motorsport names that that transcends the sport. It's it's like a Lewis Hamilton and probably a Max Verstappen now. And outside of that, it's hard to know if there's any other names in our sport that do transcend the sport and are, are household names. And, and Rossi is one of those. So it gives the event a massive draw card to broaden its reach, to go beyond the hardcore motorsport fan that would traditionally watch a 12-hour endurance race. And it goes beyond the motorsport, broader motorsport fans who like watching Craig Lowndes go to work or 
Chaz Mostert or the supercar stars that are that are household names here. It goes beyond that. It gives it a massive draw card from an international point of view, and I think that's enormous for the event. And as you said, locally, he's going to be, I would think, a huge draw, different fans, and also different media is likely to take an interest in the Bathurst 12 hours. And we've already seen the different media. I mean, the, the Bathurst 12 hour was in the Canberra Times on the weekend, and that's never happened before. So just the, the crossover into the mainstream has already begun with the with the rollout of the news that he'd be coming, and, and that will go further when he arrives, when there's some media events at the circuit. And we also don't yet know what sort of drawing power that's going to have. Certainly there's an anticipation that there will be a ticket sale boost because of his presence. And and the, the Valentino Rossi fans who may have travelled to Phillip Island to go and see him race in MotoGP may now make the trek to Mount Panorama. Now, will the mountain be covered in yellow like the grandstands that we see at the, the MotoGP races when he was running? Possibly not, but... Will it be worth a few thousand people through the gate that might not have ordinarily gone? I would say so. And chatting to our colleagues in Europe at SRO who promote the Spa 24-hour and, and GT World Challenge, they've seen a Rossi effect in ticket sales, in fans buying merchandise, in fans getting around in the Rossi yellow with the 46 on the, a flag or on a T-shirt. So that that's an exciting thing to potentially add to our event as well and, and just to grow the base of supporters for the 12-hour. Okay, so he's a global motorcycle racing superstar, but really, how good is Rossi as a GT racer? Well, that's a very good question, and I think the answer is not bad. And genuinely, I think he's going to be reasonably competitive. Now, will Will he be in the car for the final hour of the race when they're all dueling for a Bathurst win? Probably not. That's why they've got co-drivers like uh, Maxime Martin alongside him. And that it's important that they have um, that experience of, of Maxime and uh, Augusto Farfus Jr. as well to, to be those endurance racing experts alongside Valentino, who's still relatively new to this side of the sport but at the same time this isn't his first rodeo he raced the full gt world challenge enduro cup last year with wrt and an audi he did the same in the sprint cup he raced very competitively at the spa 24 hour so big long challenging tough racetrack with all kinds of weather conditions uh, lots of traffic to deal with he, he's ticked all those boxes already in what's a, a fairly short gt career He's been on the podium at the Golf 12 Hours at Abu Dhabi. He was in a, in a Ferrari in 2020. He was top three there. Um, so will he be as fast as the pros? Probably not. That would be an unrealistic expectation. Will, will he be a good pro-am, for example? I would say so. I think so. And every time he's jumped into a, a circuit racing car, he's been quick. So I, I think that's going to be one of the great stories of the weekend is to see by Saturday what sort of lap time Valentino's doing. And then when he jumps into the car on Sunday, where he sits in, is it at the back of the pros? Is it at the front of the pro-ams or in with the better pro-am drivers in the field? That That's going to be a great story to follow. But I'm, I'm confident that he's going to be competitive enough to keep that second BMW in contention 
enough so that by the end of the day they could plug an Augusto Farfus who's he's been to this event for three years now and has finished fifth in the past with BMW you could plug him in and still have them within a, a shot at winning the race well Valentino Rossi has proven over many many years he's certainly extremely brave so well he should take to Mount Panorama like a duck to water well, it's like a Monte Carlo rally stage, isn't it? Really? You just repeat it over and over again. Tight, undulating, fast, lots of peril, you know, miss your notes by half an inch and you end up having a, a fairly big accident. So, yeah, I agree. He should be, it should be right up his alley as far as a driving style goes. So it's it's just really exciting. And as a racing fan, these are the kinds of things I I love to see is this sort of cross code, if you will, for lack of a better term thing where we're a rider who's, you know, arguably been the best of all time on two wheels um, now has a second life and, and wants to go circuit racing and then following that progress to see how he goes. And the fact we get an event in Australia where he can do that here uh, is really exciting. And, and it would be challenging though, not, impossible to believe that he'd ever do the Bathurst 1000 but if there was going to be an event that he would do it's the 12 hour um, in cars that he races overseas and with a team that he's familiar with and with co-drivers that he's comfortable with so it's really exciting from a 12 hour point of view to to see the the first shot of valley on four wheels in Australia. Richard Crail says Valentino Rossi won't be the only big attraction of the round o'clock marathon at Mount Panorama. Well, from a, if if Valentino is the household name that that draws the casual fan into the race, I, I think the second build up, the other BMW that is entered, um, is the the car for the hardcore GT and an international sports car racing uh, fandom with with Dries Van Thor, who's one of the best GT racers in the world, won the twelve hour in twenty eighteen with WRT and Audi. Uh, and to be joined by Sheldon Vanderlinder, who's the reigning DTM champion. So in a, a sprint racing format in GT3 cars, he was the, the best and brightest last year. And young gun Charles Wirtz, who's a, a superstar in the making, 21 years of age, um, reigning GT World Challenge Sprint Cup champion two years in a row. Um, he's got links to the ownership at, at WRT, but he's earned his pathway, I suppose, into the top levels of GT racing. So... I think for mine, that's a really exciting addition to the field because they are three of the better pure GT3 drivers going around at the moment. So BMW is throwing the kitchen sink in it. Um, we've still got announcements from Triple Eight Race Engineering to come. You know that those guys don't do things by halves. Um, we've got some Porsches, El Bamba to announce. We've got um, yeah a, a bunch of other star drivers we don't know who's going to be in the manti porsche yet that's going to be a, a very strong car and and then there's more yet to be confirmed that will be competitive so look it, it's going to have that great mix of international gt talent some bigger names and then the best and brightest from australia and we've seen already craig lowndes locked into a, a gt3 car this year with his mates who, who they ran so successfully this year to raise funds for prostate cancer research and, and they'll be doing that in an outright car this year which is great and, and Craig as you know adds so much to any race that he's in so it's going to be a great mix but that that other BMW beyond the Rossi announcement excites me as a fan of GT racing because they are 
three of the better GT3 exponents going around at the moment. So exciting to see uh, how those guys go at Mount Panorama once again. What's more, Crail expects the Bathurst 12 hours return to normal post-pandemic will attract a big GT3 field. Yeah, I think it will be strong. Will it be a record? Probably not. Uh, I think, honestly, we're still a year away from getting to the kind of numbers that we saw in 19 and 20. Will it be very, very competitive? Absolutely. Will it be 20 GT3 cars? Yep, it looks that way. Um, I think there's still more to come. And, and this recovery from the pandemic and everything that happened to the event in particular, it, it still plays a little role. But there's another thing as well in that the homologation of some cars won't be ready for this year's event. So things like the Ferrari, AF Corsa have said they want to be there, they want to run. But with the 488 now out of out of basically being Ferrari's top-level GT3 car, they're not going to run until they can run the 296 GT3. There's a new Porsche coming this year. There's a new Lamborghini coming this year. In 2024, all of those cars will be eligible to run um, here in Australia. So I think 24 is going to be the massive one, but it's going to be a great field. It will be significantly stronger and deeper and more competitive than what we've seen in 2022 and and i think it will be another classic race with with a huge depth of competition between some really cool cars and and great teams from around the world and here in australia as well richard crail will again lead the broadcast commentary team at the bathurst 12 hour from the 3rd to the 5th of february time for another short break the napa auto parts grassroots racing podcast it's all in the name it's all motorsport focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the run to the chequered flag. Elite athletes in most sports have coaches, but they're rare in motorsport. Now, that could be changing here following Paul Morris's success as a driver whisperer. The controversial former racer has trained and guided an impressive list of young drivers based at his Norwell Motorplex track in southeast Queensland. Morris's latest successes are Brock Feeney and Declan Fraser, who starred at the Adelaide 500. Feeney won his first supercars race in the main game, while Fraser clinched the Super 2 title. Morris says attitudes to driver coaching are changing. You can have a pretty long career as a driver, and it takes a while to learn all that stuff, so the drivers really don't want to give up their IP. You know, They, they need it to, to compete and be competitive, so that's probably... Um, where I got to the stage in my life where I really didn't need it anymore and thought, why not Why not share the love? So you're saying share the love, passing on the experience, and these latest two young guys who are doing well that I've mentioned, they're just the latest in a long lines. You get a lot of satisfaction out of helping these young kids? Uh, yeah, a, a fair bit. So you get to the stage where, you know, you, you get old and you can't, you, you can drive, but you can't drive as good as you used to when you were younger because, you know, there's the 
the balls and the eyesight aren't, aren't there anymore. So it's, it's a very, very close feeling to um, when they do well to actually do them well yourself. It's it, in some ways, it's actually a bit more rewarding. So uh, yeah, a lot, lot of satisfaction out of it. And, and also with um, even some older guys I coach that race at club level that, you know, have seen success where they've been mid pack and managed to improve and get to the front and, and get, get results just, just through the coaching that we do here. So yeah, they're, they're certainly not doing it to uh, make a heap of money. It's more about the reward and making the sport better and lifting the level of, of everyone's driving. As well as Feeney and Fraser, Morris's roll call of next-gen supercar stars includes Andre Heimgartner and Brody Kostecki, as well as a couple of other notable names. Oscar Piastri came through us originally, did, did, a, did a bit with him before he actually went overseas and when he, when he came back. Um, Jack Doohan's here coaching at the moment, so he's just come back from Europe and he's been here basically for a week now. So open wheel guys, I've got Boris Sedge, young guy. He's, uh, he's been out here for a week for America. So they're able to get track time here and surround themselves with sort of like-minded people and, and just improve on what, what, what they're doing. And then we make it a little bit competitive as well. So, um, you know, we've got, got a few guys, probably got six guys here today. Uh, today I've even got Donnie Schotts here from America, the sprint car guy. He's out here on track today just doing something different um, and I've got him helping some of the other guys just with the mental attitude about going racing because he does you know 120 races a year uh, which he, he has to be pretty switched on to do so just different things and different people I can draw on from around the world and people I know to help help lift the experience. And another name that comes to mind of course is Brody Kostecki and I'm sure you probably yeah, would. Brody was Brody was great to work with. He, he I call Brody my rescue dog project. So he was sort of in the wilderness, stuck stuck where he really wasn't getting anywhere. And uh, as soon as I jumped in a car with him, you could see his natural ability was right there. He just he just needed a bit of polishing. And I was able to talk to to Barry about him really, and say, mate, you've got to have a look at this guy. And and um, that's the key to it as well. Like people in the industry do sort of take my take the knowledge I have and, and lean on me for a bit when they're looking at young guys and what they're like. And so far, um, I can I can steer them in the right way and try and match them up to the right team or the right person that, that they're going to work with properly. So that works as well. And although Morris doesn't claim credit for him, Shane Van Gisbergen is a regular at Norwell. Yeah, he does cut laps here and... and uh, he also does a lot for New Zealand drivers, which people don't really know, and he doesn't sing his praises about it. But if there's someone from New Zealand that needs a hand or needs a help, he'll he'll come down here and and um, spend some time and try and get him up to speed. So that's that's sort of his project there. But if I never need a hand with anything or anyone or something I'm not quite sure about, you know, he's not that far away. It's, he's a phone call away, and I say, can you just come down and have a look at this guy for me? Or can't quite work out what's going on. Um, yeah, he, he's a great resource for us. Uh, inspiration to a lot of the young kids that, that come here and train and to be able to just baseline yourself against someone who's the best in the world at what they do right now is, is a great experience. Of course, Paul Morris is known for being outspoken. On his popular show Enforcer and the Dude with Russell Ingle, 
Morris has been a notable critic of Gen 3. And just months from Gen 3 going racing, he's still not happy. Oh, I think there's a lot of concerns, but it's just to the point now where you just got to get it done. So if everyone comes out and starts picking what's wrong with it, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to help, you know. It's, the, 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 it is what it is, and they've got to, it's up to the teams now to try and pick up the mess and put it together and, and get it to the racetrack. So lobbing grenades in from the side at the moment is really not going to help anyone in the sport. So um, if anything, we've got to get behind the teams. We've got to do the heavy lifting now and, and get this thing on the track. Much more from Paul Morris in Parked Up on Thursday. That's it for now and for the year. Parked Up Plus will be back on the 9th of January with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport heading into 2023. In the meantime, tune in on Thursday to the final Parked Up of the year. I'll join Grant Rowley and Tony Delberto for an irreverent look back on the season, plus the full interviews with Paul Morris and Tim Hodges. Thanks to Bob Jane T-Marts and Race Fuels for their support. And thank you all for listening and making Parked Up Plus the fastest growing Australian motor racing podcast in its first season. I'm Mark Fogarty, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You've just listened to another Network Heart production. 